0: Tune into radical philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil, and rational argument. With words from Hawthorne, Tatman, Jenkins, Hutchinson, Hirsi Ali, and Plumwood, let's get radical about philosophy. <laughs> So glad you tuned into Radical Philosophy. I'm your host Beth Matthews. Today on the program, we're going to be speaking about knowledge and belief. So I'll let
1: you introduce yourself. My name is Maria Rosa Antoniazza. I am a professor of philosophy at uh, King's College London, and uh, knowledge and belief is one of my research interests. It's, uh, it's been at the centre of my most uh, recent uh, research project in which I am still uh, involved and uh, I am very pleased to be here today for this interview. Thank you.
0: Great. So could you give us some background information about yourself?
1: Yes, uh, I was uh, educated uh, in Milan, in Italy, uh, in philosophy. And uh, then uh, uh, spent uh, some time uh, in Germany on a fellowship or a postdoctoral fellowship and moved then uh, to Britain. Uh, I spent uh, uh, roughly 10 years in uh, Scotland at the University of Aberdeen and then moved uh, to King's College, London, uh, 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 where uh, I am uh, now. Uh, My main uh, interest in philosophy are in the history of philosophy. I am primarily an historian of philosophy, and I have been uh, working uh, um, mostly on uh, early modern philosophy, 17th and 18th centuries. Uh, My um, principal author is Leibniz, uh, a famous German philosopher, but uh, in... uh, The project I have been uh, pursuing lately Uh, I have uh, been uh, um, focusing not only on early modern philosophy or on Leibniz, uh, uh, but uh, um, on the history of philosophy more generally and what the history of philosophy can uh, tell us, uh, what we can learn from the history of philosophy, which is uh, um, very fruitful uh, for present-day philosophical discussions. So the history of philosophy is uh, my... Main interest, but I come to the history of philosophy with a theoretical interest, and this uh, theoretical interest is uh, epistemology, uh, but uh, also um, metaphysical issues, uh, moral issues. What we would uh, we will be talking about today will be the, the metaphysical interest. Uh, sorry, the epistemological interest. <laughs>
0: So what was it that inspired you to study the distinction in kind between knowledge and belief?
1: Well, uh, uh, the discussion of uh, knowledge and belief uh, is uh, at the very core of epistemology and uh, I think it's uh, one of the uh, questions uh, of enduring philosophical relevance uh, to ask what is knowledge, and then uh, uh, link to that, uh, what is belief? Uh, Is there a difference between uh, uh, these these two? And uh, that is what, from the very beginning uh, of my studies, uh, I found uh, intriguing and uh, uh, interesting, and um, I was uh, privileged to have an opportunity to focus on uh, this uh, fundamental question, uh, what is knowledge, what is belief, uh, what is the distinction between them. Now, this more generally, but more specifically, I was uh, uh, interested uh, in uh, this uh, question of the relationship between uh, knowledge and belief because uh, in the 20th century, so last century, uh, the main uh, orthodoxy in uh, epistemology in uh, Anglo-American countries uh, has been uh, the following, that knowledge uh, is a kind of beliefs uh, which meets certain criteria. So the idea or the main orthodoxy was that we start from belief and then uh, there are certain specific kinds of belief uh, which are turned uh, into knowledge uh, by the addition of certain conditions. And these conditions typically are truth. So I believe need, needs to be true in order to count as knowledge. And justification of certain a specific kind of justification, but then uh, the question uh, has been, uh, well, uh, actually there are uh, certain cases in which uh, a true belief uh, is not sufficient in order to have knowledge because a belief uh, can be true and justified and still uh, we wouldn't really regard it as knowledge. So this has been uh, the um, discussion for at least uh, in Anglo-American uh, um analytical epistemology for much of the second half of the 20th century now my um the, the core of my project has been to say well wait a moment actually this was not the traditional way to think of the relationship between knowledge and belief. In the history of philosophy, going back all the way to ancient philosophy, to to Plato, even before Plato, Parmenides, this was not the way in which philosophers would mainly think of the relationship between knowledge and belief. They would not start from belief, what they called in ancient philosophy, doxa, and then think, oh, well, what conditions we have to add uh, to belief, doxa, opinion, uh, in order to turn it uh, into knowledge. It was uh, a, a completely uh, different approach in which uh, knowledge and belief are uh, two to, to distinct mental states. So that is uh, where these... Uh, A title of a paper I have published on these issues come from, they are two different kind of mental states in which one cannot be turned into the other because they are mutually exclusive. Either one is in a mental state of knowledge or one is in a mental state of belief. And the idea is that what is most fundamental in our cognitive structure is to start uh, actually from the mental state of knowing, rather than uh, starting from the mental state of uh, believing and then adding conditions uh, to turn it into knowing.
0: Now, I think you've partly answered this, but do you have a definition of knowledge and belief?
1: Okay, uh, I think it's very important, uh, first of all, uh, to... Uh, pause uh, and uh, ask uh, what do we mean uh, by definition, because uh, in the 20th century, much of the effort has been uh, to give uh, a reductive uh, definition of knowledge. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that the idea was uh, that knowledge uh, or knowing the state, the mental state of knowing uh, could be uh, da- broken down uh, into more uh, basic uh, elements, more basic component, And that uh, would uh, give us uh, a definition of knowledge, which is a reductive definition uh, in which uh, knowing uh, is regarded uh, as a specific case of something more fundamental, that is uh, belief uh, plus a certain uh, other um, conditions. Now, I, in my paper uh, and in my project, uh, in a forthcoming book on these uh, issues, uh, I uh, take the view that uh, one cannot give a reductive definition of knowledge because knowledge is primitive. It's not something which can be broken down into more fundamental elements. So I don't think we can have a definition of knowledge of that sort, but we can still explain what knowledge is and what belief is. As long as we are clear, we are not providing a reductive definition of knowledge by breaking it down in more basic elements because there are no more basic elements. And so what I propose is a knowledge or the mental state of knowledge, is a, of knowing, is a mental state which derives directly from its object, the object of knowing, which is present in a primitive and irreducible way to the mind of the knower. So knowing is a mental state in which there is a cognitive contact between a subject, myself uh, and an object. That is why I use uh, this uh, metaphor, which is used uh, everywhere, really. And uh, in the history of philosophy, and we use it uh, every day in our day to day talking about uh, knowing. Uh, Knowing is uh, either uh, literal uh, in sense perception or metaphorical uh, seeing uh, the object. So at the end of the day, there is nothing more fundamental than seeing, grasping the object. And that is why I speak of knowing as a type of perception, as a type of, as a as a, as a knowing, as a seeing, grasping the object which is present to the mind of the knower. Uh, Belief is a mental state which is uh, different in kind. That is to say precisely the presence of the object of cognition, which characterizes knowing uh, is lacking uh, in this different mental state of believing. So to give you uh, an example, uh, if you like, uh, this is the difference between uh, um, being uh, present, uh, Um, in a certain uh, event, so you see uh, that somebody is uh, murdering somebody else, you you are there, you see it, you have uh, this uh, immediate contact with the state of affairs because you are there, you see it, you grasp it, and the different mental state in which you were not there, you didn't see the murder, but uh, somebody is reporting it to you and says that look, this morning I was there, I saw what happened, uh, and uh, this and that happened, and uh, uh, if uh, you trust this person, uh, if there are other people uh, which who report the same thing, then uh, you will uh, believe that uh, that is what happened, and if the uh, reports are trustworthy and there are enough of those, and uh, they converge uh, on some... Uh, key features that will be is most likely to be a true belief, uh, which is uh, justified. What I am pointing out is that there is really a difference in kind uh, between uh, these two two mental states. One thing is to be there, to be present. Some event is happening and uh, you you see it, you grasp it. And another thing is not to be there to hear reports about this uh, and to uh, develop uh, a belief about what happens. Uh, this is just uh, to give uh, you an idea of how this uh, different in kind uh, between uh, the mental state of knowing and the mental state of believing uh, could uh, be um, as well spelled out. There, there are other cases. This is just an example. Uh, but this is this is the key idea. And uh, this key idea gives us uh, this uh, contrast uh, between uh, Knowing uh, as uh, a type of seeing, uh, grasping uh, and believing, uh, being a different mental state uh, in which uh, um, there is not this direct seeing. Uh, and it could be roughly characterised by this uh, notion of not seeing.
0: So is there a mental state which is different in
1: kind from belief? Yes. Knowing yeah. that is uh, that is the idea that uh, there is a mental state which is different in kind of from uh, believing, and uh, that is knowing. Let me add something because uh, sometimes I find that uh, there is a misunderstanding here by saying by saying that knowing and believing are uh, two different mental mental states uh, that. Uh, knowing can be characterized as seeing and believing can be characterized as not seeing. I am not at all suggesting that believing is somehow a substandard cognitive mode. I am not suggesting that we would be better off without these mental states of believing. Because if we think about our cognition, we will see that most of what we actually do is uh, believing uh, with uh, more or less justified grounds. We would be very much in trouble if we didn't have at our disposal these other mental states which is believing, which enormously extends our cognitive grasp. So what I am uh, saying is not that, oh, wouldn't be better if we could do only knowing? Well, if we were superior uh, uh, cognitive agents who have a, a, a vision of everything, yes, uh, that would be better if we were God. But we are not uh, such kind of cognitive subjects, and for us, uh, human beings, uh, believing uh, is a fundamental. Uh, Cognitive mode, uh, which uh, enormously extends our grasp of uh, what is uh, around us. We would be in big trouble if we did not have uh, knowing, but also believing as uh, um, key cognitive modes.
0: Are there any conditions
1: where true belief? can be turned into knowledge? Well, my thesis, my claim is that no, that is not the right way to think about knowing. That is the way in which uh, the, at least uh, the second part of the 20th century has taught about knowing as uh, uh, the addition of conditions to belief, to turn believing into knowing. And my my key claim is that uh, that is uh, um, just the wrong way to think about the relationship between these two mental states. So I would say that not, that is not the right way to think about knowing and believing, uh, uh, to take that uh, what do you do, as it were, in order to have a knowing, uh, is to add a condition to believing, uh, in order to turn it into knowing. Why do you...
0: Think that the Stoics take a very dim view of belief.
1: Okay, so let let me just put this uh, in uh, very quickly in the framework uh, of uh, what the Stoics more generally think uh, of cognition. Uh, they they distinguish uh, three different uh, uh, mental states. Uh, Uh, I mean, I am being uh, very, very rough, but uh, just to give us an idea. One is uh, the mental state of grasping, uh, catalepsis. uh, uh, And uh, this is what uh, um, any rational being can do. Uh, When you have an object in front of you, you can uh, grasp this uh, object. Uh, You can, you you grasp that uh, there is a... a computer, a laptop in front of you. You, you grasp the elements of a certain state of affairs in which you 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 are there, and that is something all rational being can can do. And then there is a higher order grasp, which is what they call epistemic episteme, and which is. Um, normally uh, translated as uh, knowledge uh, and that is uh, a eye or the grasp. Uh, they use this metaphor uh, of grasping something with one fist and then uh, grasping the fist with the other fist. So it's, it's a more secure grasp. But then there is a third uh, mental state which is uh, believing uh, or uh, what do they call uh, doxa in which uh, We give uh, assent to a certain state of affair, being such and such, uh, but uh, without uh, having uh, that uh, grasp, uh, which really assures us uh, that we are getting uh, at what is, uh, we are getting uh, at reality. That is why the Stoics uh, uh, take a dim view of the state of doxa, because they think we give assent to a certain state of affair, being such and such, without having that cognitive contact, that grasp, that catalepsis, which we need in order to to really um, be sure that we are getting it right. Um, now, I... Uh, in my proposal, I don't think uh, we should uh, follow the Stoics in this uh, particular um, aspect of uh, taking a, a dim view of belief. I think belief, believing and knowing need to be distinguished, I think one should be clear whether the claim she can make is a claim of knowing or a claim of believing, of justified believing. But as I said, I think we would be in a very, um, well, we would be in deep trouble uh, if we wanted to go around uh, life uh, only relying uh, on uh, what we strictly know. We we do need uh, to rely on this other Cognitive model, which is believing, what we should do is to make sure that our believing is justified.
2: Could you
0: explain about what is knowing is seen, whereas what is believed is not seen?
1: Yeah, this is this goes back to what uh, I was uh, already um, discussing. Uh, That is, uh, um, according to my proposal, uh, uh, knowing uh, is the most fundamental mental state in which uh, we see, we grasp an object as a subject of cognition. We see, we grasp an object. And uh, uh, this is a mental state which can be roughly uh, described as a mental state of seeing. Uh, Believing uh, is a different kind of mental state which can be um, characterized as giving your assent to a certain state of affairs, uh, being such and such, but without being in a position in which you are directly seeing, directly grasping uh, that state of affairs. And that is uh, why I say that it can be characterized roughly as a state of uh, no seeing, uh, you are not there, you have not witnessed uh, such and such happening, uh, but still, uh, very often for good reason, you give assent to a certain state of affairs being such and such, even if you are not in a state of directly seeing, grasping such and such. So that is why I have used this characterization of seeing and not seeing that, by the way, is not just my characterization, but it is attested in the history of philosophy as a way to distinguish the mental state of seeing from the mental state of believing.
0: In which way can knowledge and belief assist people in their everyday life?
1: Well, uh, that is what we do all the time. Certain things uh, we know because uh, uh, we are uh, in a position to, to grasp, to perceive them uh, knowing, uh, on my account, is a kind of perceiving, uh, seeing, uh, grasping, uh, and uh, if we think about our day-to-day life, that that is what what we do. We we open our eyes, uh, we look around, uh, we we perceive uh, a certain um, state of affair, and uh, that is uh, how our cognition starts, not only with us, uh, but also with animals. So the lovely little dogs we were talking about uh, before uh, also starts uh, our cognitive life uh, in this way by, um, as it were, seeing, uh, grasping uh, our environment. And uh, believing uh, is a mental state that then, then uh, extends these uh, um, these, uh um, interaction uh, we have uh, with uh, reality uh, in, in a different way from knowing, but it is still uh, our way to come uh, to grips uh, with uh, w- with what what is uh, around us. And so I would say, knowing and believing uh, is what we do all the time uh, when uh, we are uh, interacting. Uh, with uh, whatever is uh, surrounding us uh, and also in our memory, uh, in our imagination. uh, These are all uh, ways uh, to interact uh, cognitively with uh, uh, reality, trying uh, in the case of believing and imagining uh, uh, to to get it right, even if it is not there in front of us, present, present to us.
0: So, is there anything else you'd like to add
1: that we haven't already covered? Well, just uh, to summarize uh, what uh, the main uh, claim uh, is, that uh, is, uh, my main claim is the following: uh, in the much of the 20th century, especially in analytical uh, epistemology, uh, the, the idea was that the traditional uh, way to think of knowing and um, and believing was in terms of one mental state, believing being the most fundamental, the most general, and then knowing was accounted for as a kind of believing which meets certain criteria. What I have done with my project, what I am still doing is to say, well, hang on a moment, as a historian of philosophy, first of all, I uh, I have to say that this was not the traditional way of thinking about the relationship between knowing and believing. And for good reasons, because it doesn't work like that. If you um, go down that road, you end up in all sort of troubles which have made up much of the discussion in the 20th century. Um, what was traditional is actually, or in, uh, in many um, main philosophical movement, what was the way to think about knowing and believing was uh, to think of knowing as the most fundamental cognitive mode in which we are in touch with reality is a sort of seeing, perceiving, grasping reality, and then uh, Believing is a different cognitive mode in which there is not this direct seeing, perceiving, grasping reality, but we still try to get that reality by believing that reality is such and such on good grounds, for good reasons. And that is the justification of belief.
0: Right. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. My pleasure. And I've been speaking to Maria Rosa Antoniazza about knowledge and belief.